0: It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano. Marano. This is the AC Report.
1: Philly last night, and he blew up his house too. Down on the boardwalk, they're ready for a fight. Gonna see what them racket boys can do. Now there's trouble bussin' in from out of state, and the D.A. can't get no relief. Be a Rumble, only Pomeranade, and the gambling commission is hanging on by the skin of his teeth. Everything dies, baby, that's a fact. But maybe everything to die someday he comes back. Put your makeup on, fish your hair up pretty, and meet me tonight in Atlanta. Time for our weekly look. At the most interesting 48 blocks in all America, probably the entire world. And I can't think of anybody that I'd rather look at it with than uh, Dan Klein. He is the host of Klein Time, which you can hear every afternoon on uh, Talk Radio 1400 WOND. I've been honored to be a guest on Klein Time, and I am certainly a regular listener. Um, Dan, welcome to our show. It's a real thrill to have you on the program.
0: Hey, Frank, thanks for having me on your program, buddy. Nice to be uh, heard in the Big Apple.
1: Uh, Dan, let me begin with uh, kind of a a sad story, but it's one that everyone in South Jersey is talking about. It's one that uh, everybody around the country is talking about right now. And it's the fact that dead whales and now dead porpoises continue to keep washing up on the beaches in Atlantic City and the Jersey Shore in general, it seems like this problem just exploded out of uh, out of nowhere. There's a, a lot of, uh, some people believe, and we've had Jeff Van Drew on this program, we've had a number of other people, that this is somehow tied to the pre-work that's being done for offshore wind, and that that is somehow maybe screwing with how the whales navigate or something like that. Van Drew and others have called for a uh, moratorium on this uh, offshore wind project for the time being. And the people that support offshore wind, they're saying, no, there's no evidence at all to show uh, that offshore wind has anything to do with the porpoises, the the dolphins, the whales, or anything else. Where do you come down on this, Larry? I well, mean, uh, Dan, well, sorry, I got Larry well, on hold.
0: No, listen, here's the thing. With the, uh, with the offshore people, they say it's not related to anything that they're doing, ocean floor mapping, this, that, and the other thing. But before they say that, they say, look, we don't know what the cause is, but it's not us. And so you can't really say it's not us if your opening statement is we don't know what the cause is. You know what I mean? So I think the jury's still out on that. You've got local legislators and, of course, as you mentioned, Congressman Jeff Bandrew. All they want to do is hit a pause button and find out what the real cause is. And I have to say, Frank, I grew up, you know, I was born in Atlantic City. I grew up in the town right next door with, you know, Atlantic City's on an island called Absecon Island, not unlike Manhattan. And basically, you got Atlantic City, Ventnor, Margate, and Longport. I was born in Atlantic City, grew up in Ventnor, a couple blocks from the beach, man. Let me tell you something. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Nobody, nobody uh, you know, a whale washing up on the beach, a dolphin watching up on the beach, unheard of. Uh, Everybody would have been down there, would have been the biggest news, the biggest item that happened the entire year. So this is definitely an anomaly. There's certainly something, obviously there's something, you know, Captain Obvious here, there's something going on. And all the legislators are saying, hey, hit a pause button and let's find out what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean that's pretty much where I come down. Sure, there's no evidence, but uh, but as you said, the fact that that this is happening and no one has any explanation as to what what is causing this, let's hit the pause button. And then if we still if it still happens, then okay, we cross that off the list. We know it's not that. It, it really right. doesn't make a lot of sense
0: to me. <laughs> no, no, they got the pedal to the metal with wind turbine energy and i don't know if you saw frank but i just mentioned this on my show yesterday the international energy and regulatory committee just approved just approved a miniaturized nuclear clean nuclear reactor this is a nuclear reactor that has no radioactive waste wow they just they just approved it and uh it, this you know basically the point here is that these giant wind turbines out in the ocean, that they want to dot the ocean coast from Maine to Florida ultimately, uh, and obviously there's a lot of spillover problems with this that are unforeseen, or at least it appears to be, with fishing, mapping of the ocean floor, ship navigation, uh, the marine life issues, all of that stuff. And it seems as if the uh, very essence of wind turbines could re- could be rendered mute. Uh, based on new technologies that are emerging. So it seems like a lot of money is being spent on a project that may get mothballed down the road. You know, that's, I, I'm not, that's such yeah, go a good
1: point, uh, Dan. That's such a good point. You think there's a, a real possibility uh, that that clean nuclear energy – that could be the future of energy going forward, maybe in the, in the near future, and that the the push and the need for all this wind energy may not be – it might be superfluous.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And then in addition to that, you've got hydrogen fuel cell technology coming uh, – uh, that's emerging, uh, that's right here on the cusp, and automobiles are utilizing hydrogen fuel cell. There's a lot of components, a lot of technologies coming down the road, Frank. And to spend hundreds of billions of dollars to dot the seaboard with giant windmills, I just think is a little bit crazy. But that's just
1: me. Now, I know, and people just came to we're talking with Dan Klein, uh, host of Klein Time, longtime Atlantic City radio talk show host and media personality. I think anybody that's been to Atlantic City, certainly anybody that lives anywhere near there, they know that uh, wind energy is not new to Atlantic City. You go to the area over by the Borgata, you see those That's giant right. windmills. They're, they're spinning, and they're, uh, they're spinning all the time. It's certainly a, a tourist attraction. I remember when I had a conversation with Donald Trump about this, he would always point out that there were a lot of birds that were, that were being killed. But how, how have those windmills worked out in Atlantic City? How do the residents like them? Uh, how do they do in terms of wind generation? are they all they're cracked up to be are they all that they were sold to the public as
0: well that's a great question frank and all i can say is every tuesday i have a fellow on my program seth grossman who's executive director of an organization called liberty and Prosperity. sure i know
1: seth he's been on this program all right.
0: too all right you can check him out liberty and com. but here's the thing he is chronicled he's asked for the uh Uh, the financial records of the windmills. He's trying to get the answer to the question you just asked. And they're not very forthcoming with all the materials. At the end of the day, they've been there. You drive by, you see the turbines turn every now and then. However, I will say, last summer, the wife and I were at Borgata, and uh, I noticed uh, we were there for an extended stay. And over the period we were there, we happened to be in a a suite that was looking over the back bays of Atlantic City. And during the hottest point of the summer, heat wave, those windmills weren't blowing. And just one other note on that, Frank. The windmills require 28 miles per hour in order to turn the turbines to generate, to convert the air into into electricity. Has, have you heard of anybody pointing out what the average daily wind speed is out in the area where they're going to build these things? Because if you ask me, that's kind of an important piece of the equation. You know what I mean? If you want oh, yeah. to spend hundreds of billions of dollars, you might want to know what the average daily wind speed is going to be in the area you're going to build. That's just me, though. <laughs> it's a great
1: point. Talk with, uh, with Dan Klein. By the way, when you go to visit uh, Borgata or any of the other nine Atlantic City casinos, what's your game generally, Dan?
0: <laughs> it's great. Well, actually, I'm video poker.
1: Video poker. I like video poker, too. And uh, it's nice at the Borgata. The drinks are so expensive there that if you play video poker at the B-Bar, at least you can get a free uh, free glass of whiskey now and then.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. You know, here's the thing. In the casinos, they say the best, you know, if you know what you're doing, you can do good in blackjack. But I've got a few people uh, that have called into the program, and if you really know what you're doing, actually craps is apparently the best game in the casino if you know what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I uh, I uh, I'm a big craps player, and every every time I go to the kick craps table, I um, always believe that I know what I'm doing. And every time uh, I uh, I'm down four, five, six hundred dollars, I am reminded that I have no idea what what I'm doing. Uh, hey, Dad, let me ask you about this. Some big news uh, earlier in the week: Atlantic City's Bader Field is apparently one step closer to a two point seven billion dollar plan. That includes a racetrack, maybe even a Formula One raceway. They're moving forward with this $2.7 billion plan for this long closed, beautiful piece of land, Bader Field. And uh, this is uh, pretty exciting. Give people a little bit of the history here. What was Bader Field? Why has it been unused for so long? And well, what's the what's your take on this proposed development from uh, the developer here, Deem Enterprises?
0: Well, Bader Field. Uh, it's the the term airport was actually coined uh, as a result of Bader Field uh, back in the early days of Atlantic City. It was originally a, a, a small municipal airport. Uh, you could get commuter flights to Philadelphia, New York, anywhere, Washington. And it ran pretty well. I mean, for all the years that it actually ran, uh, it was pretty po- a pretty popular uh, little airport. I mean, you could fly into AC, hop in a cab, and you, you were right there. A lot of folks were, were wringing their hands when uh, the former mayor of Atlantic City, uh, Mayor James Whalen, kind of led the charge. To shut it down. After it was shut down, it was pretty much vacant. Uh, you know, you got some concerts there every now and then. You got the baseball stadium that's been there uh, for the Surf the Sandcastle uh, Stadium, and then you got the hockey. Day. But other than that, not a really whole, not a whole lot going on. It's a it's a huge huge parcel of land. I, the acreage uh, escapes me at the moment, but it's just huge, and it's right on the bay, right there, a couple of blocks from the beach. It's kind of isolated on its own, so it's away from everything, but it's still easily accessible, uh, right off the Black Forest Pike Route 322. And uh, so it's been sitting there. Somebody made a bid on it. Uh, let's see, back in uh, who was it? Pinnacle. They were gonna. They wanted to buy it for nine hundred billion or nine hundred million dollars. Uh, they put the, you know they put the offer on the table. The cities at the time said that wasn't enough. Uh, Pinnacle ended up having some financial troubles, and then, uh, you know, they they disappeared from Atlantic City. The city would have gotten the land back on that deal. Uh, but since that point, that, that proposal of $900 million, they haven't had any bites on the land. They couldn't basically, you know, they were trying to give it away, and they couldn't do that. So it's been sitting there idle. Dean comes along. They have a grand plan, basically high-end luxury homes. Uh, they want to put in uh, what people are calling like a racetrack but it's not really a racetrack where you're going to go watch a uh, you know a NASCAR vet or something like that it's a racetrack for the residents in the high end community so they can give their cars a little you know oh. a little air on the yeah yeah that's the idea so you know the, the the project's being put forth by Deem Enterprises and uh i mean you know i'm one of these people uh frank I don't get in the way of money, man. If somebody's got money and they want to put us to work in Atlantic City, go for it, man. You know, pedal to the metal and make it happen. So it looks like it's going to happen at this point. Uh, there's a couple other competing proposals. One from Bart Blatstein, owns the showboat. By the way, kudos to him. Uh, he's done phenomenal work with that, old, that showboat, the hotel. They got the water park coming up there. And he came into the party a little bit late with a late proposal, wanted to kind of make it in high-end rentals, you know, part of it high-end, part of it affordable, uh, make some, uh, you know, kind of like canals in there, uh, you know, with a maritime uh, theme to it. And, uh, you know, it didn't really, it kind of came in late and didn't, I I don't know how much consideration the state has given that particular proposal. Or a third one that was put forth by former state senator Bill Gormley and an associate. They want to make the entire Baderfield a a public park uh, where there would be no rateables for the city of Atlantic City. So as far as I'm concerned, team got the memorandum of understanding. It looks like it's moving forward with them. I say looks like. You never know in Atlantic City. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, Frank, go for it. You know what I mean? Make something happen.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, that's my attitude uh, completely.
0: Hey, speaking of um you never know in Atlantic
1: City. I find the politics of Atlantic City absolutely utterly Fascinating. Last week, I chronicled the the back and forth between the mayor Marty Small and uh, and Councilmember George Tibbet. It seems like everything is not ju- is so personal. Uh, everyone on the national scene always points a finger at Donald Trump and the things that he says about people. Well, to me, Atlantic City politics it almost looks like a city full of Donald Trumps. Everybody takes yeah. everything personal. They're, they're very quick to insult one another. What is the story with respect to uh, to politics in Atlantic City?
0: <laughs> Frank, I don't know. There's something in the freaking water. I don't know what <laughs> it is, man. You got, I mean, it goes back. It goes, you know, it's not just this isn't a recent phenomenon here uh, with Mayor Small and, and some of the other council. people. You know, it goes back. Mayor Langford, he got in a big tip with a fellow by the name of Craig Calloway. Uh, Calloway was on Atlantic City Council as council president. Mayor Langford was mayor. And for the 12 years, and they, too, just hate. And they were best of friends when they started. Then uh, Calloway didn't get a job. He thought he was supposed to be promised a job he didn't get. So this is is going back a few years. So they fought for 12 years. Nothing got done. Then you had Mayor. I mean, it's just been one after another. Always seems to be somebody who has a beef with the mayor. And the thing is, Frank, as you point out, it's only 48 blocks, man. The town ain't that big. Right. You know what I mean? Everybody should be getting along, and instead you got people at each other's throats. I I don't I wish I had a better answer for you. I don't
1: know. When I talk, you know, we're talking on to tel- stations all over the country right now and um there's always pe- there's people listening in Baltimore, people listening in Nevada, uh Tennessee uh, and all, all over the country and Alaska. Good morning. A- and um folks always when they hear me talk about Atlantic City, a lot of times they'll write to me, they'll even call in and ask the same question. Uh Is Atlantic City safe Uh, for people that have never been to Atlantic City and they're wondering if the if the kind of the bad rap that Atlantic City gets in terms of safety (laughs) is accurate. Set us straight here, Dan. Do you find Atlantic City outside of the casinos to be a a safe place to be?
0: Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, The thing is, Frank, it's like anywhere, man. Uh, You know, and, and by the way, it's not to say there aren't issues in Atlantic City. They're working on that. This, uh, I thought what I call them street issues, right? So, uh, you know, I appeal of some of the buildings that have been, you know, AC been around for a while since 1854. And some of the buildings look like they've been there that long as well. So, you know, they, they, they need some spruce up, need some clean up, needs what I call a power wash. And, yeah, there's some issues on the street level, but they're being addressed by a a consortium of uh, uh, the district attorney from the county, uh, city officials, and they've been working on that and really addressing it. And it looks like it's showing. But look, Frank, it's like any spot, man. If you go to a city, you go to Manhattan, you go to Atlantic City, you go to wherever, if you're walking on, if you're going into areas that you don't know about, well, you got to walk like you know you, you know, there's certain things you do in a city and you got to carry yourself a certain way. Otherwise, you know, you know, people are people and, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, sometimes if, uh, you know, if you're not, uh, you know, uh, uh, keeping your head up and, sure. and, and walking like you belong there, uh, you might, you know, some folks might try and take advantage of you. But listen, generally speaking, of course, the town is safe. There are some issues, obviously, that they're trying to address. And it looks like they're making progress. So, look, I think Atlantic City, I've said this all along, man, and, you know, for somebody who's a homer, uh, you would expect me to say it, but I try and be as objective as possible. Atlantic City is a gold mine waiting to happen, and it's been waiting to happen since 1978. What I mean by that, the casinos have done very well. Businesses outside the casinos Restaurants, certain restaurants and so forth, they've done very well. But the city itself, mm. it, it hasn't risen along with with the other entities. You know what I mean, Frank? So it looks like people are aware of that. Investments now have come into Atlantic City. You got Bure. Uh, you got the, uh, the Tennessee, the Orange Loop. Uh, you got a bunch of spots throughout the town where people are starting to spend money because at the end of the day, Frank, you go from Maine, you go to Florida. Atlantic City is one of the few places where you can still buy oceanfront properties, and you don't have to take out a mortgage for millions. That's true. It's true.
1: Yeah, Dan, great points all, and um, you got to come back. But before I let you go, I got to pin you down. This is the question I ask everybody: gun to your head, you absolutely have to pick what is uh-huh. your. It doesn't matter to the cuisine, your absolute uh-huh. favorite restaurant in Atlantic City.
0: Oh, man. And I got to tell you, they're getting ready to close, too. They're going to close on April 30th. And there's so many, Frank. You know, I hate to pick one. Uh, you got Angeloni's Cafe 2825, Girasoli. But my favorite, Doc's Oyster House. I don't want to leave them out. But my favorite, Angeloni's, too, Georgia and Arnott Avenue in Atlantic City. And sadly, Alan Angeloni's. And by the way, I have an interview up on Facebook. That I did back in 2010 with Alan about the whole impetus for Angelona's too, but just a high end. Uh, but when I say high end, not stuffy high end, high end in terms of service, in terms of food, in terms of atmosphere, but very friendly and casual in terms of interaction with uh, with the staff. But just an outstanding outstanding uh, you know, Italian restaurant, and they closed. They're going to close for good on April 3rd. You know, or, uh, I'm, April I'm
1: glad that I'm going to be down there um, the weekend of April 28th. I'm going to try and get down there. Um, why are they closing? That's a great restaurant.
0: Uh, I, I don't know. A lot of people are wondering the same thing. Alan's been there. For, you know, it, 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 every apparently everything's going well. The business is doing good. He's been there, and he's been doing it seven days a week. He may just be at a point where he's retiring. I don't know, Frank, but it's a darn good question. You know what? I'm going to have him on my show.
1: Great. Hey, we'll be uh, listening. We'll we'll be listening. Catch uh, Dan Klein uh, every afternoon on uh, Talk 1400. And, Dan, what's the best way for people to find you on Facebook?
0: On Facebook, they can go facebook.com slash proamerican. And uh, and then uh, on Twitter, my handle is sjinsider, sjinsider or all one word. Sounds
1: good. Hey, uh, appreciate the conversation, Dan. Let's do it again.
0: Frank, thanks for having me, man.
1: If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, give me a call. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Straight ahead.
0: The Other Side of Midnight. midnight.